Welcome to Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries, Season 2, baby! My name is Katie, and this is my recap diary of The White Lotus. Today, I'm recapping Season 2, Episode 1, Ciao. We open this season to a beautiful Sicilian beach. Two friends chatting away on their sunbeds as we watch a beautifully put-together woman slather on sunscreen as she interrupts the ladies, gushing about what a great time they'll have. And she goes in for one last dip in the ocean before going home. And truly, the worst nightmare of everyone who has swam in open water, okay, maybe it's just my nightmare, she feels something touching her. Though, don't worry, it's nothing that will hurt her, it's only a dead body. So we start the season in a similar way that season one started, a dead body, or this time, multiple dead bodies. Though we're not really sure how many, but the real mystery is who is dead? Well, we have seven episodes to figure it out. Let's travel back to one week earlier, time to meet our potential victims. And if last season is any indicator, I'm sure that by the end of the seven episodes, Each of these characters is giving us either serious victim energy or serious murder energy. Well, here we go. Day one. Coming in on the boat to a beautiful resort, two couples who I honestly thought were strangers, but turns out the four of them know each other. And one of these four people is the beautifully put together woman we saw at the opening. The one who saw the dead body. Looks like the rich, beautiful couple invites their other rich, beautiful couple friends to join them for the week. Three Italian-American men, three generations, coming back to Sicily to learn about their heritage. And then, let's be honest, the real reason most of us are watching this show for Jennifer Coolidge, one of the only characters who, so far, has crossed over from season one. She is meeting her now husband, who was also in season one, at the resort. And the fabulous rich woman she is, she brought her young and hectic and a little bit disheveled assistant, who it seems is definitely not paid enough. We are not the only ones watching the incoming parade of guests, though. Two young Italian women watch as they scope out the guests, one revealing to her friend the potential of sex work at the resort. And here to welcome the guests to the resort is the staff. Classically, we have another unhinged resort manager, Valentina, a Sicilian woman who is everything. So blunt, it's hilarious. And honestly, somehow she is everywhere at the same time. What in the world could go wrong under her watch? During the welcome tour of the resort, we learn about a sculpture called Testa di Moro that is seen everywhere. This sculpture is the story of a woman who finds out that the man that she's been seduced by lied and turns out he had a wife and children back home. So she beheads him. This sculpture seems to be in all of the guests' eyesight at one point or another on this first day. A haunting, a foreshadow, beautiful art just to look at, I don't know. Let's meet the group though. We'll start with the two couples. First, we have Cameron and Daphne, who seem like the classically out-of-touch rich couple. And they don't watch the news because that would bring the mood down. Why can't people just be rich and happy like us? In a classic white woman way, Daphne's hobby to unwind is to watch Dateline and binge on true crime. Specifically, the true crime about husbands who kill their wives on vacation. Which apparently is much more common than we think. 
And then there's Ethan and Harper. The, okay, I guess they technically have money because Ethan sold his company, but their exchange of power is more like believing that intelligence and social awareness is a form of currency. And if you can't keep up with us, then we look down on you. Which, if you do look at it that way, they are much richer than Daphne and Cameron. Begrudgingly, Harper came with her husband on this trip, and I think she really enjoys being miserable. Something is always wrong. Whatever she's here for, it's not to have fun. While Cameron and Daphne are seemingly in a bliss of happiness and butterflies all the time. But let's get real here. With a penis like Cameron's, who the fuck wouldn't be just splendid all the time? Yes, one episode in and we have seen it, baby. It was while he was changing in Harper and Ethan's room, with Harper right there. And why was he in their room? Because his luggage got lost and he needed a swimsuit. Uh, but he wasn't really shy about, like, hiding it. Maybe it's just so big, it's just so difficult to hide. Though something about him calling sexual harassment claims bogus earlier in the day seems to rub me the wrong way. But, oh god, of course. No, 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 I didn't mean that, like, all claims were bogus. Oh my god, do you think I'm a monster? Anyways, here's my big cock to distract you. Let's move on. Tanya McQuid, or now, Tanya Hunt, if you remember from last season, is a fabulous rich woman, and if I remember correctly, I don't think we know where she gets her money from. But she's so rich, she's out of touch with reality, and her head is like really in the clouds, and the world does revolve around her. Her husband, Greg, um, he's not my favorite. He also has some money, I think, but is still working, I guess, because he's always on the phone. And he randomly got to the resort before her for some reason. Well, I don't think he actually likes Tanya all that much. And he really doesn't like that she brought her assistant, Portia. So poor Portia is told to get lost. But like, stay close, but like, don't be seen. So basically, just stay in your room until I need you, okay? Okay, great. And finally, the three generations of Sicilian American men. Grandpa Bert is exactly what you'd picture. An out-of-touch, I-am-so-old-I-can-say-or-do-anything-I-want kind of grandpa. Then we have his son, Dom, who can't seem to relax and seems like he just had a nasty divorce or separation. Is he the bad guy in that situation? Well, according to a phone call with his ex, yes, he most definitely is. Then we have his son, Albie, who is just trying to keep them together and make sure that his grandpa, Bert, doesn't get too hurt. Of course, the only two young single people in this group, Albie and the assistant, Portia, end up making eyes at each other at the pool, chat for a while, and end up noticing each other at dinner, giving them both something or someone to focus on other than the baggage that they came with. I'll leave you with a scene as the episode also ends. The end of day one. The Italian sex worker entertaining one of the guests. The Italian-American Dom. Well, this has been Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries. Thank you for listening to today's diary. As season two of The White Lotus continues, I will have a recap for each episode. And if you look forward to that, you can subscribe or follow or whatever it says right there on your screen. And hey, even rate this podcast if you like it. To learn more about Studio Wednesday, check out studio-wednesday.com slash recap diaries and follow on Instagram at recap diaries. That's all for now. Chat soon. XOXO, Katie.